What's good, y'all? This is your boy Justin, aka Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. And if you want a raw take on the NBA, Above the Rim is a show for you. With dope beats and entertaining guests each week, we offer a great new insight on all things NBA. You don't want to miss it. Talk about it! You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Welcome, welcome to Above the Rim episode 45, brought to you by your host, as always, Justin, aka Just Blaze, and my special guest this week, one of my homies, managing editor and columnist at Respect Magazine, host of Scoop B Radio, was also one of the, was also on, excuse me, one of the early Above the Rim episodes, episode 11, I believe, my dog, Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. Br- Scoop, what's good, brother? Ain't nothing but the rent. What's going on, brother? I'm chilling, man. How you doing this? Good evening. I'm good. I like the number 45. Perfect time to say goodbye. Oh. Back like Jordan wearing it 4-5. It ain't to play games with you. I think I always said that. Tell him. <laughs> <laughs> tell him, tell him, yeah. So, yeah, family. So, you can find Above the Rim on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and the Almighty Baller Network every Tuesday. Make sure you give Above the Rim that five-star review on iTunes to get in contact with me or the show. You can follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513. That's J-U-S-B-L-A-Z-E underscore 513. IG is JustBlaze513. Use the hashtag AskAboveTheRim. And if you got any feedback for the show, responses to the questions, some feedback to the guests, call up the line, leave your boy your voicemail. Let me know what's on your mind. The number is 908-718-1592. Scoop, where can they find you, man? Um, You can check out the Scoopy Radio podcast. Um, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn app, Stitcher app. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Scoopy, Instagram, Scoop underscore B, Snapchat, Scoop underscore B. Visit ScoopB.com uh, for more information on me. You can visit the podcast also locally at ScoopBRadio.com. Give that man a follow. <laughs> After all that. Yo, so Scoop, man. Every day in the NBA, there's a lot to unpack. Every day. The latest injury hits right at home to above the rim. Because we all know I'm in New York. The next season officially ended last week. All glimmers of hope. Fake playoff aspirations went out the window. After one dunk attempt. Against the Bucks, KP, Unicorn, as we all know, towards ACL. He's lost for the season. And not only this season, the recovery time usually for ACL tears is usually about 10 to 12 months. So this will bleed into next season for the Knicks, and KP won't be ready to go to start the season. Major blow for New York City. Get well soon, KP. And to put this into context, I remember a uh, year before previously, Zach Levine from Chicago towards ACL on February 3rd, I believe, last season. And didn't come back till a few weeks ago in January. So that shows the timetable of how long it takes these ACL injuries to recover, to fully recover from it. And even when Porzingis gets back, it'll take a little bit, of, it'll take him a little bit of time to fully trust that knee again and become his old self. So Scoop, what would you say right now 
is the mood of the Knicks franchise after the KP injury. And what are your thoughts? Glum. I mean, you you did pick up Emmanuel Moutier in a trade at the trading deadline, but you know he's not as tall as Porzingis and can't block shots and shoot threes and dunk on people, what have you. Um, so I mean. Definitely, Knicks fans are, have a, a reason to kind of be disappointed again, especially because their season wasn't expected to, at the beginning, wasn't expected to be as, as high octane as it was. Yeah. You know, you bring in Michael Beasley, and people laughed when, you know, he said that he was the mellow replacement or thought that he could Mellow from the left us. side. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, you know, you, you, you bring in a Tim Hardaway Jr. back, and he, he exceeded expectations until he kept getting hurt, you know, and, you know, Courtney Lee, uh, yeah. you know, people thought that th- there would be a potential trade, uh, potentially for for Kim Kimba Walker. You yeah. Know? So you had different. They didn't have much ac- expectations, and then they kind of exceeded those. You know, and, and I just want to add, I actually tore my ACL some years ago. Mm-hmm. That injury is not fun. Um, <laughs> and you sit down and 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 you eat a lot, and you have time to reflect. And uh, <laughs> I will say, a that lot less movement. Yeah, I think that Porzingis definitely took the baton from um, Carmelo uh, when he went to OKC. But yeah, he that that injury kind of just let all the air out of the balloon. And it sure did. Definitely, you know. And and I think more than anything, I don't think there were really that high of expectations for the next this season. Well, there so wasn't any in. expectations. They they yeah. were overachieving this year as a whole. We they they for were sure. never supposed to be in a running for a playoff berth. New York City got excited when they saw they had a nice hot start and knew a young young hungry Knicks were ready for action. And New York City got excited, and you can't you can't blame them for that. But two, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say two and eight in their last ten. Better team at home at sixteen and eleven, and the atrocious team on the road at seven and twenty-three yeah. uh, on the road. But you know, it, it, right now it's just it's looking bad. And the crazy thing about it is, uh, pre Blake Griffin trade, Detroit was going below and more below uh, the doldrums of uh, the Eastern Conference standings. And since his return, uh, they found a way to kind of um, raise back up. But I yeah, think that's actually made. That's actually made Philadelphia pick up their play even more. There was a point, like in December, and in, in early January, where they were kind of like, "eh," and you know, they picked up their play. I definitely think that's credit to the mood in, in the city of Philadelphia right now. Uh, Twenty-eight and twenty-five ball club, eight seed. But you know, you've had other teams now that are kind of uh, being where they're supposed to be. A Miami Heat, uh, who pre Dwayne Wade trade, uh, you know, was anywhere from four to six. You yeah. know, and then you have the Bucks firing. You know, Jason Kidd and, and kind of um, eight and two in the last ten, and, and the Pacers rising up the ranks as well. So I mean, you, you, you I think the Knicks are kind of just rounding out to be bottom feeders, and you know, you, you're you're around the same lines as you know a Hornets team, a, a Nets team. Uh, you can't stick as low as Orlando or or, or Atlanta, but at the same time, um, yeah. you, you're starting to really but see so, what the playoff picture is. Are you talking? Like. Are you talking playoffs right now? Are you realistically go, thinking that's possible? Yeah. No. Oh, okay, okay. It, it, it's not a possibility. No. That's over. No, I'm That's just saying. I'm, I'm just saying that you're you're realistically going to see uh, a Wizards team maybe bottom down to a six, 
yeah. uh, a Pistons team kind of rise up a little bit because you're going to see the Bucks and the Pistons kind of go back and forth. Yeah. Maybe the Pacers as well. But the, I, I'm monitoring that whole Wizards thing because I think that that Wizards, you know, they're talking about potentially bringing in Derrick Rose. But at the same time, you know, you, you look at, you know, the Cavs. They're still a third seed. You see the Raptors, you know, teeter-tottering with the Celtics and one and two. Yeah. I don't see a realistic I, Knicks picture at all. Yeah, not not at all. And jumping back over to uh, to KP, I think this major ramifications on this injury going into next season, as I alluded to earlier, and it would change plan- change basically change plans for next season for KP if he misses the first couple of months, at the very least putting Knicks in a hole to start the season and possibly keeping them out of the players altogether for another year. And this summer, they have to try to add to the Porzingis, Tim Hardaway Jr. core through the draft and trades because they basically already capped out. So free agency is not really, there's not really a big market for them in the free agency. Money is dried up basically with commitments. They made a deadline deal, as we, as you talked about earlier, bringing in Moutier. Me, I'm not impressed. I'm not impressed at all with the Moutier deal. Moutier is solid, averaging 8-3 and three this year. He's solid, but he has a lot of holes in his game. He still can't shoot. He's a decent playmaker, but he's not the answer. Along with Frank Natilakina, French the French Krilla. He's not the answer. Alan sh- Davis is the answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we know that. But uh, they they should have tried to get Kemba at the deadline. And this summer, I mean, they can try since Michael Jordan is having a wholesale fire sale on Kemba Walker. But they still got a lot of issues. They still got to figure out this Joakim Noah situation they got to figure out if they're giving him a buyout and out we don't know if he's taking that money Knicks got a lot of issues they got to deal with and the Porzingis injury is just insult to injury and a bone crusher for the next season you said it better than me brother <clears throat> for sure for sure so just when you thought the NBA couldn't get any more spicy the trade deadline delivered some spice there were a couple of minor moves, but none more important than the Cavs, of course. And I'm sure everyone knows the details already, but I still go over them for those who've been living under Plymouth Rock who don't know what's going on. The first trade basically was the Cavs sending Isaiah Thomas, Channing Fry, and the Cavs 2018 first round pick to the Lakers for Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance Jr. Second trade was the three team deal with Sacramento and Utah. Cleveland gets Rodney Hood and George Hill. Utah gets Jay Crowder, Derrick Rose, who was waived. Sacramento gets Shumpert, Joe Johnson, who was waived. Got a buyout going to Houston in the 2020 second round pick. And then the Cavs agreed to send D-Wade as a quote-unquote favor to the Miami Heat for a second round pick. Another interesting trade. So LeBron, GM LeBron, I should say, was in full effect he's in full effect so quickly i want to break down these deadline deals with the Cavs. talk a little bit about the good and scoop you tell me you're good as well so i'll start off and to me the Cavs desperately needed to get young and more athletic and they did that it was a bunch of fossils on that on that squad this year d wade was a shell of himself d rose was a shell of himself no energy no urgency no sense of desperation and the lack of speed on that roster you got clocks and solid Rodney Hood is a quality two-guard. George Hill, a solid point guard. Provide nice, solid defense and offense. A great spot-up three-point shooter next to LeBron. You got Larry Nance Jr., dynamic athlete off the bench for the Cavs. They lacked before another guy who could run that high pick and roll other than Tristan Thompson. So, Scoop, what are your thoughts on the Cavs deals? Um, well... 
I put it best in my column at Respect Magazine today. Make sure to visit respect-mag.com. Um, I, I put it into summation. I said, within an hour, the capture as Isaiah Thomas, Channing Fry, Jay Crowder, Jeff Rose, Yvonne Shepard, Dwayne Wade, and their 2018 first-round pick. Um, that said, um, I think that the world got their first glimpse of um, the New Look Cavs uh, yeah. Sunday afternoon. Right. Uh, and Jordan it was a Clarkson. lovely game. Yeah, uh, the Cavs. <laughs> the Cavs edged out the uh, Celtics, one twenty-one to ninety-nine. And I said in an interview I did earlier today on another show, they asked me what I thought about uh, the game. I said, "Well, LeBron out outshined Paul Pierce in forty-eight minutes. He sure did." Uh, in TD Garden, in TD Bank North Garden, <laughs> and you know it was Paul Pierce Day. He got his jersey retired, but you know LeBron finished the road win with. Uh, 24 points, 8 rebounds, and 10 assists. I was most impressed with Jordan Clarkson's uh, 17 points. And why I'm most yes. impressed with that is uh, Jordan Clarkson knows what it's like to play alongside a superstar having played in the L.A. Lakers with uh, Kobe Bryant. Um, I think that Jordan Clarkson and LeBron James are going to make an excellent tandem. Yeah. Um, and I also think that defensively, uh, the Cavaliers have stepped up. And I don't think it's far-fetched that the Cavaliers can match up well. I think they match up well with the Warriors as well as with the the Houston Rockets um, in the Western Conference. I, I don't think it's a, it's far-fetched um, that that team could still make it to the finals. Um, I like George Hill, who has uh, experience playing with both the Spurs and the Pacers uh, going deep in the playoffs. Yep. Um, Rodney Hood had had a, had a good run with the Jazz, and like I said earlier, Jordan Clarkson, uh, who's played alongside Kobe as well as Larry Nance Jr. and Larry Nance, his father, uh, the Hall of Famer with the excuse me has, has had his jersey retired with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Sure as well. did. So, you know, I think that's pretty cool. Larry and, uh, Nance, senior, the legend. Yes, that's your Liberty Doug. But um, <laughs> yeah, man, I, I'm definitely impressed with what's going on, and yep. um, I'm I'm happy to see uh, those that those guys get younger. But the other thing is. If LeBron does not return to Cleveland, those guys are definitely some insurance policy for that team. Exactly. Exactly. A hundred percent agree. See, for me, how I look at it is none of these guys individually move the needle for me, but collectively as a unit, these are some very nice additions to the roster, which would definitely help them in the short term and partially long term if LeBron does decide to leave. And the most important issue that these trades cleared up is the locker room. It was toxic there. There was a lot of reports on players sulking, IT and Crowder, too many clicks, isolated agendas, D-Wade's presence along with his relationship with LeBron. Apparently, it was rubbing guys the wrong way in the locker room. There was a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes that, of course, we some of it we knew and some of it we didn't know. And I know a lot of people are worried about chemistry issues and that the team might not have enough time to gel. But come on, we all we all know that it comes down to LeBron James, especially in the playoffs, especially in the Eastern Conference. The Boston Celtics still don't have enough. The Toronto Raptors, I never trusted in the playoffs. So to me, the East is still clear. At the West, they still got to fill themselves out and got to gel. Sure, I don't disagree with that. Yeah. Exactly. And um, a couple of bad points really quick on the trade. The only thing I, I feel like the Cavs did bad on the trade, I, I do think they took on a little bit of future money. They were going to be in a repeater, repeater tax anyway. And um, they still got to resign LeBron James this summer, if they can, Rodney Hood this summer. And my other issue is that perimeter one-on-one defense. Still on this roster, I don't see a stopper. Who's guarding KD? Who's guarding Giannis? Who's guarding Harden those boys if they get to the West? LeBron. And see, that's the problem. He's not and enough George anymore. Hill. I think George Hill's going to turn into their Raja Bell. 
But how effective was Roger Bell against Kobe, correct? How effective was he? Kobe was still giving him 30-35. He made him shoot 35% from the floor, maybe 38%. But he still gave you 35 well, I would like to say uh, Bruce Bowen because he, <laughs> he played in San Antonio, but no such luck. No, <laughs> exactly. So that's my issue. When you when you get if they do get to the finals, which I of course I believe they will. Of course, there's no one in the East that can stand past them. But when you get there, mm, I think Boston's still gelling too. If you think about it, in this in the season, you had a Celtics team that in their first meeting they lost Gordon Hayward, right? Yes. Then they went on this huge winning streak. Okay. Then. While they were going on this winning streak, Cleveland struggled. Yes. Then Boston struggled again. Cleveland got hot. Okay? Second meeting, Boston blew them out. Next meeting, you got a whole new team. Plus, Boston added Monroe. Uh, yeah, a mediocre signing. Yeah, Monroe's nice. He's solid. He's solid. You still got size. Good. You st- and Marquise Morris was still figuring out his role. Jalen Brown in his first meeting wasn't as effective mm-hmm. as he is now mm-hmm. as knowing his role. I think he kind of knew his role, but when Gordon Hayward went out, he really knew his role. Okay. So and, and even in that first game, you still had um what's his name? Uh shooting guard. For who? For Boston? Him. Yes. Jalen Brown, Jason T- Marcus mm-hmm. Smart? Tatum. You had Marcus T- I mean uh Jason Tatum. You had Jason Tatum who was still figuring himself in his first game and yes. did all right against the Cavaliers. Yes, so he will get better as the season yeah, progresses. Yeah, so you still, got, you still got young guys figuring out their role on that team. I think come playoff time, I think they're really going to know who they are. I think that if they face each other in the playoff, I believe it could go seven games. No way. I believe that I, is going five. Mm-mm. Five games. And I'm going to tell you why I believe it's going five games. Maybe six by a miracle because they still don't have a, a bona fide second option in the playoffs Al Horford is not a second option those 13 points per game that he gives you seven rebounds what five assists I believe nice solid numbers in the playoffs that doesn't Come work playoff time Jalen Brown's going to be their guy Jalen Brown is not a bona fide go-to second scorer he played right in the playoffs now. last year Come playoffs yes you got a lot of faith I like Jalen Brown though don't get me wrong I like Jalen Brown but playoff time against the Cavaliers defense, LeBron James keying in on you. Because most likely LeBron might be guarding Jalen Brown. He's not going to be guarding Ooh. Kyrie. He's going to be guarding Jalen, most likely a Tatum. Oh, and by the way, I did enjoy that uh, that one-on-one switch between uh, uh, Kyrie and LeBron. Oh, uh, I loved yesterday. it. <laughs> I loved they it. They definitely trying to show each other that. He's, so he slightly <laughs> wanted to get disrespectful to LeBron's ankles. Really quick, did you see him try it? Yes, sir. Yep. He definitely did. <laughs> he most definitely did. So, also on the other side of those deadline deals is the Lakers as well, who also made a nice splash. And on the Lakers side of the trade, of course, they get Isaiah Thomas, IT2, and Shannon Fry. But most importantly, most excuse me, most importantly, they got cap space. Lakers will have enough salary cap space to sign two max free agents this summer which obviously is the main goal for the front office. But loss under the rug, under all of that, is the acquisition of IT and what it means for himself and the Lakers. And IT has had a rough couple of months. I'm not going to lie, school, but a rough couple of months. 
I mean, he's fallen hard since finishing fifth in MVP voting last season with the Celtics, two-time All-Star. We all know his resume. Now on his fifth team in seven years? Damn. Too much controversy surrounding him after he got to the Cavs, man. Thomas was still recovering from a terrible and severe hip injury. We all know he averaged 14, shooting 36% in 15 games for the Cavs. They won 7-8 while he was there. Terrible defense. The Cavs really gave that man 15 games to come back to his all-star form from a really bad, severe hip injury. To me, that's unfair. I already talked about loyalty in my last episode with my man Baylor and how non-existent it is in the NBA anymore. And this right here, to me, this is just another example of no loyalty in the NBA. So now that he has a chance to play with some young guns out there in L.A. for a little less than 30 games, contract year still, he had a nice debut with the Lakers going 22-6 and six off the bench. Scoop, and a loss to Dallas. And a loss to Dallas and six turnovers, I might add. Scoop, so I want to ask you, can IT resurrect his career in L.A.? He can. I think he. I think um, one thing that there is a similarity between uh, a more savvy Cavaliers team and a young um, Lakers team, and what is, what is similar is that both teams are created in a player's image. Um, and when you look at a Sixers team, for example, back in two thousand and one, that Iverson team was created uh, to complement Allen Iverson's skill set. Yeah. Yep. When you look at the sick, when you look at the um, Cavaliers. Uh, always a Cavaliers team, but particularly this year, it's created to to complement LeBron in a primary facilitator of role. Course. When you look at the Lakers team, what they've lacked is an aggressor. Um, I think that those guys, because they're young and they're still figuring each other out, they kind of play passive. Isaiah Thomas plays at breakneck speed. Kind of reminds me of that old one Iverson team. That's does not build his image, but he's going to find a way to get to the basket, particularly because he has something to prove. That stigmatism of his hip injury has definitely messed with his money. Yes, for and sure. I, and I think that, you know, someone asked me today, is Isaiah a $200 million guy? And I said, when you look at guys like Russell Westbrook and you look at guys like LeBron and you look at guys like Steph Curry, no. Yeah. But after going through the mud, but look, this time last year, yes. No, think of, yeah, exactly. No. When he was averaging twenty nine and six, people were people were thinking. But again, that Celtics team was built around him, yep. like Iverson in Philly. And all great system he had. He worked within that lovely system they had over there in Boston. I think Isaiah capitalizes off the fact that that young team is passive. Yes, and young, and He's, they play up tempo, which suits his style of play. Which will allow him to put up points, which will allow him to run gun, which will allow him to shoot a lot more. And to me, um, in order to resurrect his his career in LA, which I think he can, for the record, to me he just has to work twice as hard. Because lately, there's there's starting to become a stigma, like you said before, this that he's becoming a locker room problem, and your reputation and brand took a little bit of a hit in Cleveland. And he he just has to say the right things, not disrupt the team chemistry. Get on Magic's good graces. Be a pro. Negotiate the shit out of your contract this summer. You was about to say something, Scoop? I, I was just going to say Isaiah Thomas is an OG yeah. like Ice Cube and higher learning. <laughs> that he is. He's like a six-year senior, and he can go in there in one game, and I think he can do it. Exactly. I mean, I, if I'm him, I'll be jumping for joy right now if I were him, to be honest. He gets away from that toxic situation in Cleveland. 
He gets a chance to play on a team that suits his style with an emphasis on pace. Luke Walton plays an up-tempo style. I know he might be a little upset right now that he's coming off the bench, and I get it. But he's been through this before. And keep in mind that throughout his career, Thomas has thrived in situations where he had to prove himself. So I would say, just say the right things, lay low, ball out with no expect expectations over that over there in La La Land. Yeah, but you know what I said, Thomas, right now is going through what Jamal Crawford went through when he bounced around years ago. Yeah, that's true. Atlanta twice, Clippers, now in a, in a young team situation like Minnesota. And I think that he can go in and, and, and kind of just let his game talk. He has something to prove. I think, unfortunately, I and I think LeBron is going to experience this as he gets older. LeBron's skill set stifles other people. When oh, you yes, watch it a, does. When, when you, and I think that that trade is going to also benefit Jay Crowder a lot in Utah. Yeah, did you hear the shots that they've been taking lately the past two yes. games? Oh, yes. Jay Crowder had a, he tell you, he he's glad that he's playing with a nice, a great group of guys, he was saying before. And uh within he loves playing within the system. And Isaiah also had a little shot about him and his being able to get his superpowers back. I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't feeling that school. I wasn't feeling that comment. Super it was a little corny to me. The truth is the light, man. <laughs> I feel like he got his superpowers back. Come on, to me. You can't. I know LeBron. He does his game does stifle other players that they do have to become spot up three point shooters. But to me, if he was playing up to par though, if he was playing a little bit better, if he had that little bounce in his step because he didn't have it yet, I know he may thought he has it LeBron? mentally, but he didn't. No, no Isaiah. Oh, he didn't yeah. have that bounce in his step, so he can't say he didn't have his superpowers or whatever he wants to call it. He didn't have the bounce in his step. You saw how he was moving. It def- it was a little slow. I mean, in 15 games, though. It was, exactly. You it was get 15. That rust off. Exactly. I agree. I agree. So I, I totally understand why he's upset. And I'll be furious, too, because now they messed up his bag. Now now he has to work twice as hard to get that contract. And I definitely don't see him getting 200 mil, but I see him getting a smooth 15 mil per year. It's, it's, it's better than um, being in Coming to America. And they <laughs> said, You think I should send a half a mil? No, how about a cool meal? <laughs> exactly, a cool meal. <laughs> you know, he's got a 15 mil. I, I think a few people can use that right about now. I think he'll be all right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so there were other moves in the trade deadline. There were other pickups. Um, my man Joe Jesus, he uh, went to my boys, the Houston Rockets. A lovely pickup for them. Brandon Wright as well. Another rim-running center. Another Clint Capella duplicate. Greg Monroe, as we talked about before, went to the Boston Celtics. We also talked about D-Wade, which I think would be a nice addition to the Heat as well. I think D-Wade gives them a nice veteran presence, and they can probably get to the second round, hopefully. Well, not hopefully. I don't really care for the Heat, but we'll see because I think he's a nice addition. And one team that I do want to talk about, well, two teams, actually, that I feel like they disappointed me this deadline scoop is the Wizards and the Bucks. They disappointed me that they didn't make any moves. Either one did to me. This was their opportunity to gain some ground on a vulnerable Cavs squad. It was going through some things, going through some weaknesses, and neither one of those two teams upgraded. Either one of them should have got DeAndre Jordan in my mind, and neither one of them hit the button. Mm, I, I wasn't surprised because I think that the, I think the Wizards are going to start um, breaking down in the next year or two. Next year, they're already broken down. They're, that's that's yeah. a long time, a year or two. Uh, I, I After think John you, Wall and Bradley Beal, that team is suspect. Yes, 
very sus. I never had any faith in the Wizards for years. Mm-hmm. So to me, they needed to make a move. Otto Porter should not be your third star. That's not cutting it. That's not gonna get it done. And the Bucks, to me, I love getting. I love them getting Jabari back, but still, he still needs some time to get adjusted. Him coming off his major injury. And they should have got another quality sent. They should have got a DeAndre Jordan or maybe even a Nerlens Noel, something like that, a small piece that'll electrify their front court. Because they need you another piece. D- Dallas loves Nerlens Noel for whatever reason. Um, I like them. And they played uh, him on his money. Yeah, but that goes back to Philadelphia. I think he was damaged goods when he got yeah. traded from Philly to Dallas. He was. And 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 the crazy thing is Philly stuck with it. Beat. Over Noel yep. and and um, <laughs> uh, uh, Chicago. I, I haven't had my evening coffee yet. Uh, Jalil Okafor. Yeah, Jalil Okafor. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And look how that worked out. They made they made the right choice. They made the right. And uh, really quick before we move on, what do you think D Rose is going? You think he's going to sign with the Wizards? He's been linked to um, Minnesota. He's been linked to. Where do you think he's going? I think he needs out of the Northeast and the Midwest. I think he needs to go somewhere. Well, Minnesota's the Midwest too, but Western Conference wise, mm. um, I think that uh, the, I think a reunion with uh, Jimmy Buckets and uh, Tibbs would would work well for him. Ah, but I'm a little worried about that reunion. Remember, they had a little bit of friction while they were in Players Chicago. Talk. Players talk. <laughs> they work it out. So you think it's nothing? It's blowing smoke. Hmm. But, and, and it's too early for 420, but yes. That's true. <laughs> and one thing <laughs> one thing I am worried about though is Tibbs though. You know how Tibbs runs down his players. He had he is notorious for killing knees and chronic ACL tears, things like that, because he does play it play his players too hard and he does play his players too many minutes. So I'm worried about D Rose going over there and dealing with those minutes. Even though he It'll might not play a lot. He's a role player. Know. He's a role player. Well, I hope he knows that. He's a role player. You look at that team. They're deep at, at, at the point guard position. They're deep at at um, the guard position, period. I mean, do you? Their, their roster is like, reminds me of a young Portland Trailblazers team. Yeah. You got Tyus Jones. You have Wiggins, who's a small forward. You have Jamal Crawford. Um, you have, I mean, that team is a Chicago Bulls team, by the way. You got Taj Gibson. It sure is. That's the <laughs> Chicago Bulls West. You have, <laughs> you have uh, Jimmy Butler. You have uh, Jeff Teague, you have Jamal Crawford, yeah. you know. But you know, adding on, um, adding on, uh, Derrick Rose ain't gonna hurt him. Mm-hmm. You got Aaron Brooks on that team. Yep. And let me add one more. Let the let Joe Kim get a buyer from the Knicks. He going over there too. Mm, yeah, but he I go, don't think they, they'll, they'll I mean, take him for the minimum. I mean, he'd be a valuable backup to Carl Anthony Towns. He probably won't even play. He'll be a vet presence. He's at that stage. Minimum. That's so, that's vet, so crazy. KG vet presence. <laughs> not quite KG. Not KG like, but he can be a vet. He could instill He's some 32. dog into cat. Yeah, but his knees are shot. He could give you True. maybe five. He could give you five to ten minutes. Five to eight. That's that's best case. He'll give you five to eight. R- rough yeah. up. Call Anthony Towns a little bit in practice. We like that. We love those. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. That's all. So, All-Star Weekend is coming up soon this weekend, as we know, out there in Los Angeles and L.A. It's a different kind of vibe this year for All-Star Weekend. I don't know how I'm feeling about it this way, this year. I'm not as hype, I guess, maybe to say as I usually am. I don't know. Maybe because I'm not crazy about the events, but I'm actually a little interested, but I'm not crazy about them. That's how I look at it. So, 
Scoop, I want us to go over some of our picks, early picks for All-Star Weekend, make our predictions. And uh, let's start with the three-point contest, man. So the contestants for the three-point contest got Eric Gordon, Derek, Dev, excuse me, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal, Tobias Harris, Paul George, Wayne Ellington, Kyle Lowry, and Klay Thompson. And uh, for me, I'm going back-to-back champ, Eric Gordon for me. I got EG from the Rockets. I think he's hungry this year for another title. And I'm going EG. And I'm a homer, too. I, I, I like to root for the Rockets. So I'm going EG. Scoop, who you got in the three-point contest this year? His mama named him Clay, so I'm going to call him Clay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how you going to go, Clay? That's the easy pick, man. Come on. I mean, no, I, I, think, um, I think there are a few good options out there. You know, I, I think... Um, I mean, there's so many good shooters out there. The guy started. I like Wayne Ellington. You know what? He's a nice sleeper. People sleep on Wayne Ellington. Well, Wayne Ellington, excuse me, out there in Miami. <laughs> People sleeping on Wayne out there. They definitely do. And uh, them bookers, well, but I'm fearful of him in three-point contests. He's more of a streak shooter, off the dribble shooter. He likes to shoot. So that's why I'm always worried about him. Tobias Harris, I, I don't know about him in the three-point contest. I think Tobias Harris was a bona fide uh, uh, shoe-in as an all-star before uh, he got hurt and before that trade. Yeah. Um, I think Tobias Harris has something to prove. I, I really want to see. I, I um, caught up with his trainer uh, mm-hmm. after a Sixers game. His uh, trainer is in Orlando. Former trainer. And now uh, Orlando Magic assistant coach Jay Hernandez. And I watched him work since high school mm-hmm. to college to the NBA and uh, I like his growth more than just a three point shootout I, I really want to see him um, really really shine and, and I think that with Danilo Gallinari out uh, off and on I want to see him kind of slide into the small four roller do some damage for, for Doc Rivers into the second half of the season he has a good a, chance a, a, a win a, a three point shootout win could be the catalyst for that uh, for that, that that streak and I think that um, Tobias Harris um, I don't think he's going to win, but I, I definitely think that um, that could be a confidence booster for him. Yeah, I definitely like his game. That's that's baby J. Cole, man. That's baby oh, J. Cole. Lord. <laughs> oh, Lord. That's baby J. Cole right there. J. Cole without the dreads. And he has a nice opportunity on the Clippers this year. He definitely does this year because I, I believe he still has another year or two on his contract. So he's still on, he's still on the books. And I think he has a nice chance and he could definitely succeed over there. So... I'm not sure why he's in the three-point contest, but I'll take him. I like Tobias. I like his game. Because he's life skin, that's why. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For sure. So I next I don't up, know how that goes with anything, but I just felt like <laughs> You had to throw it in. You had to throw it in. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, in the uh, slam dunk contest as well, we actually got some decent contestants this year in the slam dunk contest. You got Victor Oladipo, you got Aaron Gordon, you got Dennis Smith Jr., and you got Larry Nance Jr. as well. So, my pick for the slam dunk contest, I'm going with Dennis Smith Jr. from the Dallas Mavericks. I think his hops is phenomenal. I think he's going to have something up his sleeve. I think a lot of people are sleeping on Dennis Smith Jr. Actually, no, I feel like people do know about Dennis Smith, but I don't think they're picking him to win as some should. And Dennis Smith Jr., boy, he got some hops. Scoop, who you picking in the slam dunk contest? Hmm. Are you even excited about it is a better question. No. I'm not either. I was struggling through this. 
struggling. Struggling. I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. Do you have um? Who you picking out of those four? Oladipo, Aaron Gordon, Dennis Smith, and Larry Nance. Hmm. I like Larry Nance Jr. Hmm. Okay. Like the big man. Um. But I'm confused. So what? Um. Because I like Donovan Mitchell. And Donovan Mitchell, I, I, I think... Um, oh, I forgot hmm? to say Donovan Mitchell. That was my mistake. <laughs> no, there's a reason Wait. why. Because I, I took a pause for a second because I, Google is my friend. Yeah. Donovan Mitchell, to me, um, is a guy that wasn't picked first and he should have been in from the beginning. And I honestly believe that because... Buddy of mine, Eric Woodyard, he covers Utah Jazz for the Desert News. He was telling me, he, he came out this way. I had him on my podcast, and he was talking about just this guy. Watch out for this Donovan Mitchell guy. Yo, he's special, Watch out for man. this Donovan Mitchell guy. And I was like, why? He was like, yo, watch. And he was like, yo, you need to get him on your fantasy team. I missed the boat. But Donovan Mitchell, to me, um, could easily win it. I just think he's having that season. You know, sometimes it's just somebody's time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think Donovan Mitchell. If it's not Donovan Mitchell, I definitely have Larry Nance Jr. But Donovan Mitchell is my pick for the slam dunk contest. Mm, yo, he, he's dominating this season. Um, Go ahead. No, I was just saying, I was I was just saying, it's really going to be a tight race at the end of the year for rookie of the year, either him or Ben Simmons. That's going to be a hell of a rookie of the year race. And I'm looking forward to it. I actually have Ben Simmons right now, but it's tough. It's neck and neck. But, you know, I'm disappointed because I, I wish that Glenn Robinson III could come back to defend his crowd. Uh, yeah, that's true. Wait, did they even ask him? No, he's in the G League right now. Oh, fall from grace. Last time and, I checked, he was on Indiana, right? And he's rec- yeah, he's still on the yeah. paces, but he's he's a two way player. But he's also you know recovering from um, ankle injury. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 definitely what a difference a year makes. Damn, that sucks, man. Yeah, that sucks. Hopefully, uh, he can get back soon. He's actually a pretty good player, Glenn Robinson the third. I'm not gonna lie. And um, mm-hmm. the All Star game, Team LeBron. Versus Team Steph. I really don't care too much for this All-Star game. It's going to be another exhibition game, if you ask me. So there's a lot of injured stars, as we know. Uh, I guess we'll make our picks for the hell of it. I'm going Team LeBron on this one. And I'm going to go Paul George, my MVP. I think he wants it this year. Paul George also? No, no, no. Oh, oh. I, I, Team I'm, LeBron? I'm going, I'm going for Team LeBron. Okay. <laughs> Even though they had a lot of injuries. He, heard of it, he had that curse, man. The majority of these injuries is from uh, Team LeBron. But mm-hmm. uh, he's still taking it. Who you got for MVP? Kyrie Irving. Mmm. Kyrie. That's an interesting pick, man. That's an interesting pick. Can't go wrong either one. You can't go wrong either nope. one there. Nope, nope, nope. You think they're going to play hard at least? Yeah, because there's just so many storylines um, going in with guys who don't like each other, guys that are competing. And, yeah, yeah, but they're on like the that. same team. LeBron did pick KD. He did pick Kyrie Irving. A lot of his rivals yeah. is on this team. Yeah, but Kyrie's going up against Steph Curry. Yes. To me, they're more competitive rivals, not necessarily bad blood sort of rivals. So I don't think LeBron and Kyrie are bad blood. They just needed their own team. Yeah, they're not bad blood either. Yeah, I mean, you see them. Kiki and Haha and all real chummy chummy now still got their secret handshakes. I don't know about well, no, that. That that that's for the TV yeah. and that's for <laughs> and I think that that I think that that's also 
um, for I, I think Kyrie knows something that we don't know as far as LeBron's future, and I think that's part of why Le- Kyrie requested that trade. Could be. And I also think that LeBron may have and, and Kyrie may have done each other a favor, and I think that uh, when it's all said and done, it's going to work out. Just like I think Dwayne Wade knew something that LeBron didn't know. Yeah, and that's why that trade is what it is. That's true. You Could know, be. but you, but you, but you do look at that roster, man. You know, on Team LeBron, you have Demarcus Cousins out, um, you have Porzingis out, and um, you know, but you and you have John Wall out, uh, but you and, and you have Kevin Love out, uh, but you still have a strong Victor Oladipo, you have a Bradley Beal, um, you have a Kevin Durant, you have a Kyrie Irving, you you have an Anthony Davis. Yep. I mean, but Steph Curry's team is no 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 uh, Trump team either. I like Giannis. I, the combo. I like Giannis, Harden, and Steph together. It's a nice combo. I like Joel Embiid. Mm. I'm not feeling him in the All-Star game. He's not going to play that many minutes. That's why I'm not feeling mm. him for the All-Star game. Yeah. Think about but it. But I like Carl Towns. I, I like Carl Towns. I do like Carl Anthony Towns. I, I, I don't like do. Al Horford on that team, though. And Al I don't Horford, like Draymond on that team. Listen, Scoob, Al Horford should not be an All-Star. 13-7, and seven, that's not enough to get you mm-hmm. in the All-Star game. It's not enough. No. No. Not enough. He's benefiting from being a, a, being a vet and being on a team that was, at the time, a first-place team when they made those votes. Exactly. He should yeah. never be an All-Star. Yep. So, uh, moving on. It's now time for the crossover. Not segment. a game. Not a game. Not a game. Ah, so scoop. We're over now crossover segment. So for my new listeners, the crossover segment each and every weekend above the rim, I'll be throwing out player comparisons from different eras. My man Scoop B acts as the GM, and he tells me who he would take out of the two in their primes. So scoop, I got two good ones for you this week. So are you taking James Harden right now or a prime Clyde the Glide Drexler? Now let me give you the career stats. James Harden, 22 points per game, five rebounds, six assists, one and a half steals per game, 44% from the floor, six-time All-Star, three-time All-NBA first team, one-time six-man of the year. Clyde the Glide. 20 points per game, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 steals, 47% from the floor. One-time champ, 10-time All-Stars. You got both of them on the table. James Harden, Prime, Clyde the Glide Drexler. Who are you taking? Clyde the Glide. Ooh, tell me why. Um, Because he led the Blazers to a championship, was a dream team guy. Um, didn't win in the in the, in the uh, finals against the Bulls as a Blazer, but won a ring with the Rockets uh, with Hakeem and uh, Sam Cassell and all those other guys. But I, I think Clyde the Glide Drexler is probably one of the most underrated guards to play in the league, and I don't Agreed. think you don't think he gets the credit he deserves. And um, yeah, I'm going with Clyde the Glide over James Harden. Mm, I hear you. I'm gonna disagree with you there. I don't. I don't uh, disagree with the notion that he is one of the most underrated guards of all time. He most definitely is a big guard, 6'7". Went toe-to-toe with Michael Jordan on those Portland Trailblazers years. Of course, won the championship when he went to the Rockets, of course. Went toe-to-toe many times with the GOAT and also played well. But to me, the reason why I'm picking James Harden right now over Clyde Drake is because of his playmaking ability. And to me... James Harden, his playmaking ability right now for a shooting guard, I'm still considering him a shooting guard, to me is second to none, especially for all-time guards. I think he's right up there, and when it's all said and done, I think he will be one of the top 
five shooting guards. I think it's safe to say to say that. Definitely top 10, but definitely could be sneaking in top five. I think his playmaking ability and his offensive machine, that is James Harden. One of the best play offensive players the game has ever seen. Clyde Drexler was a nice bigger guard. He had more move. I mean, he had less move, but he didn't have the handle that James Harden has. He didn't have the three-point shot that James Harden has. So for me, I'm going James Harden, which you can't go wrong with Clyde the Glide. But to me, the playmaking ability of James Harden takes him over the top. We'll agree to disagree, my brother. Yeah, definitely. So uh, next up, you might appreciate this next one. Uh, are you taking LaMarcus Aldridge right now or a prime Derek Holman, DC? <laughs> Let me give you the career stats. LaMarcus Aldridge, 19 points per game, 8 rebounds, 1 assist, 1 block, 48%, 48% from the floor, 6-time All-Star. DC, Derek Holman, New Jersey Nets legend, 16 points per game, 9 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 block, 44% from the floor, one-time All-Star Rookie to give award as well. Are you taking Prime DC or LaMarcus Aldridge? You said New Jersey Nets legend, but what about a Syracuse legend? Syracuse legend as well. I, I was just talking NBA. <laughs> played, played, played with Sherman Douglas, Ronnie Cycli, and all those guys. I'm going with Derek Coleman, mm. not just because that's my homie, but I mean Derek Coleman revolutionized the game of basketball for a big, for a, a power forward who was able to play small. If there was no Derek, if there was no Derek Coleman, there'd be no Chris Webber. Yep. Uh, there, there'd be no Corliss Williamson. There'd be no um, Joel Embiid. You know, I think that 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 power forward position. Um, and, and and the money he was making as a rookie, and not just that. I mean, the numbers he was putting up, minus being dunked on by Shaq, Derek Coleman, and Kenny <laughs> yep. Anderson were the new leaders of the new school in the nineties. I'm going with Derek Coleman. Mm, I agree with you there. I'm going with Derek Coleman as well. I I know a lot of I hope people go out there. If you don't know who DC is, Derek Coleman, you need to know. You need to go YouTube that man. How nice he was. Those Nets, those early Nets teams in the early nineties. They were, they were shoulda, woulda, coulda, coulda teams, I should say. They were one or two pieces away from a contender. You had Kenny Anderson. You had Drazen Petrovic. With the, with, the, with, the Knicks, with the Knicks in the 90s, too, I believe, 93 and 94, for they sure. Did, they did. They definitely did. And DC, as we talked about before, number one pick. He had the skill set. He had the physique. He had the athleticism. It was beyond his peers at that time. He Many seasons, he had 18 and 11, 18 and 10, 19 and 9. When he, uh, when he was on the Nets... Then he went to, right after the Nets, it was what? Was it Charlotte or was it Philly right after that? He went to Philadelphia. Philly, uh, yeah. Towards the end of his career, he was in Charlotte. Then he was in uh, Detroit. Yeah, and, then he was in uh, Detroit for his last year, I believe. Yeah, in yeah. 04. Yeah, and people, people forget about his handle. Tell him about his handle on DC for a power I mean, forward. My man, my man was the truth. I remember when I was in high school, uh, and I was writing for my school newspaper, and I interviewed him. This is when he was in Charlotte. This is when he was on the team with... Um, Glenn Rice, yeah, and uh, Anthony Mason, mm. um, all those guys. But um, Derek Coleman, Derek Coleman, um, definitely had some handles. I've seen him. I've, I've seen his work. Uh, former All Star, um, dude has some handles. Just weight issues and yeah, um, just that was his downfall. Coaching issues with coaches was his downfall. But I'm gonna tell you what I like about Derek Coleman. I like how conscious he is. We follow each other on Instagram, and you know. Um, he, what he does in the community, I think, in, in the community of Detroit where he grew up, it's, it's both he and his wife Gina, 
um, are so very important. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely um, a DC fan, but at the same time, um, him over Lamarcus Aldridge all day. I think yeah. Lamarcus Aldridge's story is still being written, though. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, DC, I, I just wish he worked a lot harder, man, because he definitely should have been a lot better than he was, and he should have had a longer career than he's had. So, uh, but people, please go out there and go look at some tapes of DC, Derek Coleman, man. He he was big time. So uh, so Scoop, so you got anything coming up for Scoop B Radio? Anything like that? Um, I mean, we hit two million downloads last year. Oh, um, so right. we're we're definitely gearing up for 2018. Have some interviews, some things lined up that would definitely um, be breaking the airwaves uh, in the next couple of months. Um, be be checking out for some things during All Star Weekend. Right. Oh yeah, you're going up there, right? All Star Weekend. I'll be on LA. Yep, be out there this weekend and nice. um, be checking out for various things, dropping on that in and um. Yeah, Scoopy Radio is, is, is making moves, man. We've been, you know, interviews we did with Too Short, uh, uh, interviews we did with Kenny the Jet Smith, interviews we've done uh, with a myriad of other people have definitely been mentioned in places like People Magazine, yeah. uh, Bleacher Report, ESPN's um, The Jump with Rachel Nichols, and a, a myriad of other places. So be checking out all the stuff that's going on. I hear that, man, for sure. So, uh, I want to thank you, man. I appreciate you joining me for uh, episode 45 of the Above the Rim, my brother. It's always a pleasure, my dude. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me, my man. No problem. Anytime. So that's Above the Rim, episode 45, and we out.